I just feel like I don't belong here. I just feel like I don't belong here. Tyrese came up to me after worship, changing the name. Uh, Tyrese came up to me after worship one Sunday and he, he, he told me, he said, I just don't feel like I belong here. He, he wanted to get involved in the church. He wanted to get more involved, more plugged in to the church. And I said, okay, looking around, do you know Brian? He's a 16 year old from a broken family. He could really benefit from some intentional time with a mature believer like you, Tyrese. You know, you could start by meeting up with him, maybe reading scripture together. You could ask him to help you with your next woodworking project, involve him in your life, show him what it looks like to be a godly man, a godly husband, be there for him. Tyrese just stared at me, confused. Isn't there a youth group? I was, I was wondering, do you, is there a men's Bible study that I can get involved with? I didn't want you to tell me about Brian and, and what he does. And, 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 and there's this moment of, of, of difficulty and this moment of, of conflict because we've got the wrong idea of what ministry is really all about. Let me just start with that. We have the wrong idea of what ministry should be all about. We think of it as an activity. We think of it as a program that I am going to go and participate in that's run by the professionals, the pastor, the staff, and that I'm supposed to come and just plug in to the ministry. But that's not it. That is not what God has for us. God has a very different vision for what ministry should look like. And that's really what this whole series is about when it comes to the spiritual gifts. And the title of this series, Gifts for the Common Good, is is our verse 7 in our scripture today. We're going to focus in on verse seven and we're going to we're going to break it down. So let's turn there together in your Bible. Turn to verse seven. This is first Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. And it will also be up on the screen for you. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To each is given The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Three points to this message this morning. You are gifted. That's the title of the message. You are gifted. And and, and look at the very beginning of verse 7. Where it says, to each is what? Given to each is given. Every single believer in the Lord Jesus has been given gifts to serve in God's kingdom. You are gifted. You don't need some special qualification. You don't need a degree. You don't need to be recognized. You don't need to meet certain criteria. You just need the Holy Spirit, 
who has poured out his power on every believer. And that's you. That means you. Uh, uh, in, in the beginning of the book of Acts, there's this wonderful scripture where we know the Holy Spirit is being poured out on the church in a fresh and new way at Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it reads that Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized. For the forgiveness of your sins, trusting in Jesus Christ, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the moment you believe, the very moment you believed in Jesus, his spirit is given to you. His spirit is poured out into you. It says that in that moment of repentance and faith, you will you will be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. God breaks into your life and he begins rearranging the furniture. He begins changing things. The old life of sin is is, is kicked out and the new life of righteousness and faith is here. Because the Holy Spirit comes into your life and takes up residence. And God says that this is a gift. It's not a work. It's a gift of God. Think about what the word gift implies. It's the word in Greek charismata. You've heard that word in English, haven't you? Charismata, charismata. And the first part of that word is charis. It's my daughter's middle name. What does it mean, Bren? It means grace. The beginning of the word gift is charis and it means grace. See, it, it's, it's something that comes to you by grace. Some traditions teach that you must receive a second blessing. That the Holy Spirit might not be on all believers, but has to come later. And maybe it's accompanied by some speaking in tongues or some, some sign. But that is not what the Scripture says. The Scripture teaches that if you are a Christian, you already have the Holy Spirit. You already are filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no varsity Christianity. There is no varsity Christianity. The scripture tells us here that for all who believe, for all who turn, for all who are in Christ, we have his spirit. We have been filled already with the spirit of God and and the spirit of God brings the righteousness of Christ into your life. And the Spirit of God brings the change in your heart that takes a dead heart and makes it alive. We call that being born again. That's the work of the Spirit in you. It is the gift of God. It is the grace of God. And not only are you forgiven and not only are you made righteous, but you are empowered. And that's what this scripture today is about. It's about the empowering of the Spirit. That the Spirit gives all of His people gifts for ministry. What does the Scripture say? To each is given. To each is given. I don't know if you were like me, but when I was growing up, our school had a gifted and talented program. Anybody? 
gifted and talented. Some of you guys grew up with gifted and talented. I think today they call it something different. But, it, but, but back then it was called the gifted and talented program. And, to, and, and, and the way this worked is that gifted kids were set apart from the others. They were put into their own classrooms because of their academic abilities. They were an exclusive group of young people. The gifted. They were admired. They were elevated because of their exceptional, natural abilities. To be gifted meant that you were intelligent, that you were smart, that you were bright, that you were different. But I got news for you. That is not what it means to be gifted. They got it wrong. The schools got it wrong. That is not what it means to be gifted. Why? Because a gift, by definition, is something outside of you coming to you. It is not about your abilities. It is not about what you bring to the table. It is not about your intelligence. It is not about you at all. It is a gift. It originates from God. And it comes to you and you receive it. It is grace that comes to you. That is what it means to be gifted by the Spirit. It is not about you and your natural abilities. You say, well, I can't do this. I can't. No, it doesn't matter. The gift doesn't come from you. God doesn't care about your resume. God gives gifts to his people by his spirit. He gives gifts to his people. A gift is a donation. A gift is charity. We we could almost call them spiritual donations. We could almost call them spiritual charity. That probably communicates a little better what it is. When we say gifts, we've confused things. We've thought this is about us. This is what I bring. But no, God says, no, it's about charisma. It's about grace to you. It's about what God is giving to us that makes us gifted. Paul writes in verse 11, if We can pull that up on the screen. Verse 11. All of these, all of these gifts are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Do you see that? The gift comes from God. The gift comes from God. All of these gifts that God is telling us about that are operating in the church right now, even now. The gifts are operating in the church. Already today, we've seen evidence of the Spirit's work among us. Already today, we've seen it. And these gifts are not about you. They are not about your natural abilities. They are a gift of God's sovereign grace. You are gifted. I want you to say to your neighbor, you are gifted. And I want you to turn to your other neighbor and say, you are gifted. And I want you to say, I am gifted. Yes, and you are gifted not because of your natural ability, but you are gifted by God. You are given gifts by God. To each is given. Verse 7 says, the manifestation of the Spirit. What is a gift? 
What is a spiritual gift? It is a manifestation of the Spirit. What's a manifestation? A manifestation is a revealing. It is uh, making something hidden disclosed. A manifestation is when we see something that we couldn't see before. And so the spiritual gifts are, as the scripture says, a manifestation of the spirit. And I want to say that it's not just in the gift. It's actually reflecting something about God. That the gifts are actually reflecting something about God. Our catechism, the New City Catechism, question three reads this. It says, there are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. God is three. God is one. This is a mystery of how God has revealed his own nature. God is three. God is one. In theology, we have a word for it. Trinity. You've heard this word before. It's not a Bible word, but it's a Bible concept. Trinity. It's two words put together. Tri, which means what? Three. Unity, which means what? One. Tri, unity. Trinity. That's where that word comes from. It's a compound word. Triunity, Trinity. God has revealed himself in Scripture as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. Now let's look at verses four through six. Pay attention to how the Spirit of God is manifested. In these verses. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Did you catch it? How many times is the word varieties used in the scripture? Three times. It's used three times, and each time it is connected to one of God's three persons. Did you notice? Look at, look, at, look at it with me again. It says, the same Spirit, Holy Spirit, the same Lord, the Lord Jesus, the same God, God the Father. This, This reality of God's threeness and oneness is the fountain from which his gifting flows. His gifting flows not just because God thought it was a good idea, but because it is in his very nature to see many operating as one. You see, community is in the nature of God. His triune nature It, it, from his triune nature, flow our life together as his body. The three become one. Paul wants us to understand, God wants us to understand the unity and the diversity of the spiritual gifts. 
And that that God's people are organically tied to the unity and the diversity of God's own nature. What does the scripture say? Spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the spirit. They are a manifestation of God himself. There are many activities. There are many gifts. There are many types of service in God's kingdom. But we need to be aware that all of those activities, all of those gifts, all of those services are are things that God is doing. They are all things that God is doing. It's not just the obvious technicolor things, but it's the small things. It's the mundane things in your life that God is doing. Why did Tyrese have such a hard time thinking about spending time with Brian? Because it's kind of ordinary, it's kind of boring. It's kind of hard. But God has given us gifts for these situations. Every situation that God calls us into, he gives us gifts for them. Somewhere, maybe not you, but maybe someone else. We're going to get into that another week. So what are my spiritual gifts? That's that's really the million dollar question. What are my spiritual gifts? I think the way we begin to answer this question, what are my spiritual gifts? By asking a different question. What does God want you to do right now? Okay, what does God want? Well, what are my spiritual gifts? What does God want you to do right now? Let's take the example of Tyrese to go back to that story. Let's take the example, the guy who wanted to be more involved, who didn't feel like he fit into the church. Well, in that moment, After worship, God gave me a gift of the utterance of wisdom. What I told him was not for me. That wisdom that I gave him, the the, the idea of looking over and seeing Brian and thinking, this is a young man who needs help. And you, a, a godly man, can get involved in his life. And so I uttered wisdom to him. And it didn't come from me. It came from the spirit. I didn't quote a Bible verse, right? I didn't quote a Bible verse, but the Spirit used me to redirect him to what is completely biblical. Discipleship, right? It's the Great Commission. Jesus said, go and make disciples be about that work. And that in God's Spirit gave me that wisdom, that utterance of wisdom to say, brother, here's a a 16-year-old that needs your help. Right. And, and, and so in that moment, God gave me the gift of the utterance of wisdom in order to speak the truth to my brother who needed it, who needed to hear it. Do you see how that works? And think about this. Tyrese at that point has a choice, doesn't he? He has a choice. What does God want you to do right now, Tyrese? What does God want you to do right now? He doesn't feel particularly capable to communicate with teenagers. Okay, let's just put that out there. He's not a youth group leader. All right. He's not sure that he has time to fit Brian into his life. You know what he needs? He needs a spiritual donation. 
You know what he needs? He needs a spiritual gift. He needs some spiritual charity. Because he, he's right. He, he can't do it. He's right. He doesn't have the natural affinity for teenagers. But might the Lord give him an utterance of knowledge? Might the Lord give him faith? To do something that he's calling him to do that's hard? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Spirit of God will empower Tyrese in that moment of faith. He will empower him to do something that he never thought for a moment. He just wanted a men's Bible study, y'all. He just wanted to check in and check out. But God said, that's not the way my kingdom works. We don't check in and check out. We operate in the gifts, doing the work that God has called us to do and is calling us to do. Tyrese now can do what God called him to do. He is given the gift as a manifestation of the spirit, a manifestation of what God wants to do in the life of Brian. God wants to manifest in Brian's life and he's going to use Tyrese. And he's going to use you. Maybe not with Brian, but maybe with something else. The question we should be asking is not, what are my spiritual gifts? But, what does God want me to do right now? What does God want me to do right now? What is God doing right now? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good. What do you want for Christmas? Think about the top thing on your list. The crazy thing that you know you're probably not going to get. Okay, <laughs> The thing that you didn't even tell anybody because you know you're not going to get it. What do you want for Christmas? If you're like me, you usually want something for me. right? You usually want something for yourself. Right? Something that's going to entertain you. Something that you're going to enjoy. Something that you find useful. For yourself, right? For, for your happiness. It's natural. Spiritual gifts are not like that. Spiritual gifts are not for you. What does God say? They are for the common good. Spiritual gifts are not for you. They are for others. Imagine filling your Christmas gift list with things for other people. That's crazy talk, right? That's crazy. It's so un-American to think I'm going to fill my Christmas list with things for other people or with things that I might use for other people. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, as we move out into God's kingdom, as we move out into what God is calling us to do, as we manifest God's presence and his power in the lives of other people, through obedience to what he's called us to do. As we do that, God gives us gifts for others. The gifts are not to make us famous. They're to make Jesus famous. We talked about that last week, right? The whole point of gifts is to elevate Jesus. It's the whole point. It's to bring God glory in this earth. What are the gifts? 
What are the gifts? We, we have a list in front of us in verses 8 through 10. And, 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 and as you know, probably this is not the only list of gifts in the New Testament. But this is a sample list that, that the Apostle Paul is giving us for a reason. And the reason I know there's a reason is because the first word in verse 8 is what? What's the first word in verse 8? For. Okay, and so God has just told us that to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For, unless I'm going to read this for us, verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Later in this chapter, chapter 12, we get a different list of gifts. And Paul lists even more gifts in Romans chapter 12. And in Ephesians chapter 4, we get different lists of gifts. And between these four lists of gifts, there are around 20 spiritual gifts listed. But this is not to be looked at as an exhaustive list. There may be hundreds of spiritual gifts. Okay? These are representative lists. That's why none of them are the same. He's teaching us something here. He's teaching us something here. The point is that there are many gifts and that we've all been given a gift by the same Spirit. That the Spirit that empowers you is the Spirit that empowers you. And that these many gifts are given for the common good. And that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, coordinates all of the gifts to bring about His purposes in the world. I don't believe that every gift is in every church. That's why I believe we need other churches. That's why I believe that God is at work all over the place, not just with Uh, non-denominationals and not just with Baptists and not just with Presbyterians but with all kinds of Christians all shapes and sizes and colors cultures and backgrounds strengths and weaknesses and the Holy Spirit is coordinating all of the gifts in the church for His purposes in the world to make much of Jesus and to spread the good news of God's grace all over the world Paul is illustrating his thesis in verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Well, how do these gifts serve the common good? That's the question, okay? There's a connection here. How do these gifts serve the common good? Well, this list in the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12 highlights some of the most extraordinary gifts Healing, miracles, prophecy, tongues. The the technicolor list of gifts are right here in this passage. They're not in Romans, but they're here. They're not in Ephesians, but they're here. Why? Why? Why these extraordinary? Why Why is he choosing these gifts in this passage? I think Paul is using it to make a point. That the gifts... 
are for the common good. Imagine having a superpower. Imagine that you have a superpower. And as as you know, in the superhero world, there are heroes and there are what? Villains. And And in the superhero world, there are heroes who use their superpowers for what? For the common good, right? And what about the villains? They have superpowers, right? They have superpowers, and how do they use theirs? For themselves. They use their powers for themselves. Here's the point. Paul is listing the gifts of the Spirit, which are true gifts of the Spirit, which are extraordinary. These are the superpowers, okay? That's why the Corinthians were fascinated with tongues. They were were infatuated with tongues. Paul is writing them to correct them on the way they were utilizing it in the church. It was causing divisions in the church. Paul was addressing that here. And so here he says, even the gifts that are the most incredible. Even the most incredible gifts of healing and miracles and prophecy and tongues, even these are not for you. Even these, which you could make yourself famous if you had these gifts, right? I mean, there were people in the New Testament who came up to the apostles and said, give me your powers. Can I buy your powers? Literally, one guy tried to buy their powers. And what did God say? That's not the point. This is not for you. This is not for your glory. This is for the common good. This is for service to others. This is for ministry. This is for making the name of God great. Think about it. There are no examples in the scripture of healing where the person healing heals themselves. There are no examples in the scripture of someone doing a miracle for their own benefit. There are no examples in scripture of someone speaking prophecy to win a popularity contest. Often it did the exact opposite. Okay, every time it did the exact opposite. There's no example of people speaking in tongues to draw attention to themselves. In fact, later in, verse, in chapter 14, Paul is going to tell us that if you're speaking in tongues and there's no one to interpret the tongues, then you need to be quiet. Because it's not about drawing attention to you. It's about getting my message out. And so God would provide interpreters of these tongues, of these unknown languages, in order to edify the people for the common good. Do you see? He's taking the extreme examples, what we consider the extreme examples. They're really all miraculous, okay? The, the word of wisdom that I had for that young man, that was miraculous. It was. Faith is miraculous. But he's, but he's highlighting these so that we can see that even these, even the Incredibles are to serve the common good. And so as I, as I begin to close, I, I want to ask this last question. Okay, so how can we begin to do this? How can we begin to use our spiritual gifts that God will provide? I have three quick points. They're all connected. 
The first one is this. Pay attention to what God is doing around you. Pay attention. Amen, Brother Griffin. Pay attention. Pay attention to what God is doing around you. Open your life to what God is doing around you. Don't be a Christian consumer like we all want to be. But open your life to one another here. Open your life to your neighbors. Wear a mask and open your life to one another. Use the internet. Use your phone. Open yourself to other people. And then when God leads you to do something hard, maybe it's through the exhortation of a brother or sister in Christ, like like I was able to give to Tyrese, then God wants us to pay attention to what God is doing and attempt hard things. To attempt hard things. Because if you depend on your own abilities, you are not operating in the Spirit. You're operating in your flesh. And God says, pay attention to what's going on around you and attempt hard things. Attempt impossible things. I mean, think about the early church. How are we going to communicate the gospel to all these people who speak different languages? God gives a gift. And at Pentecost, they're speaking words that sound like languages, but they don't even know the languages, but people are understanding them. In their own language. That's a miraculous gift of God. That was in operation. What is God going? What is God? How are you going to speak to this culture? How are you going to speak to people that you don't understand? That are from a different background. A different culture. How are you going to speak to them? God says just speak. And I will make you speak in tongues. But you will never know if you can speak in tongues. You will never know if you can communicate the mysteries of God to your neighbor. Unless you do it. Unless you take the step, open your life, attempt hard, impossible things and receive God's charity. Receive the donation from God of his spirit and his gifts. Pay attention to what God is doing around you. Second, pay attention to what God is doing in you. Pay attention to what God is doing in you. This is where taking a gifts assessment can be helpful. I'm going to send out a link to a gifts assessment. Actually, I'm going to send you two links to two different assessments. Take them both. Okay, these are helpful tools to help you pay attention to what God is doing in you. Okay, what God is doing in you. Another way you can you can do that is to ask other people, what do you see God doing in me? Right. Go to your family. Go to your kids. That's scary. What do you see God doing in me? Ask them that question. Go to your roommate and ask the question, what do you see God doing in me? Take the inventory, okay? But don't put all your stock in that. You're not pigeonholed. Ask someone, how has God gifted me? What is God doing in me? And pay attention to what God is doing in you. And please think beyond your natural talents. Uh, I shared with you a few months ago, we had our training day, that Laurie is not naturally gifted with hospitality. 
But because we moved to Orangeburg and we were committed to opening our home, God gifted her with hospitality. It was not in her. She wasn't natu- she's naturally introverted. But God gifted her the ability to be hospitable. And I've never seen someone more hospitable than Laurie. And that's God's donation to her. Right? That's God's mercy to her. And to me. And to our church. Pay attention to what God is doing around you. Pay attention to what God is doing in you. And the third, the third point is this. Connect the dots. The third point is connect the dots between what God is doing around you and what God is doing in you. Connect the dots. What God did for Tyrese through me was to connect the dots for him. Because he thought he was lonely. He thought he was lonely, but what he really needed was a manifestation of the Spirit. What he really needed was to see God at work in someone else's life for the common good through him. Brothers and sisters, you are gifted. Hear God say to you this morning, you are gifted. Let's give thanks to him. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you have given gifts to people that you have called us to do impossible things for your glory and in this world to bring light into dark places like Orangeburg. And Lord, we confess that we so many times are just consumers of religious goods and services. But Lord, I pray that in this coming year that you would move your church out into the world that we would move out in power of the Spirit to utilize the gifts that you're pouring out as we need them. And that we would, through that, trust you, walk with you, encourage one another, work together, be one body out of many. Lord, thank you that we have the pleasure of manifesting you to this world. Lord, give us what we need to do the work. In Jesus' name we pray. For your sake and your glory. Amen.